live from Parts Unknown, it's the KNA Sports Picks Podcast. This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Hello. Thank you, Herm. Um, that is awesome. That, that brings back a lot of memories, uh, the greatness of Herm Edwards in that speech. And we're going to touch on uh, the Philadelphia debacle and Herm, Herm's thoughts about you play to win the game and Philadelphia obviously didn't think to, to win the game. But we got with us TK. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Yeah, it's a exciting time of year. The playoffs are in full swing. First playoffs ever with seven teams. So um, our my team is still alive. So that's always fun. So yeah, I'm 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 excited. Yeah, and you had a a pretty stellar year in the survivor pool. You went. Uh, what did you get? Did you get knocked out on week sixteen or was it week fifteen? Yep. Week 16, the um, Browns defeated the Jets. Um, I mean, the Jets defeated the Browns. If I would have picked the Bears, my plan was to pick the Buccaneers in week 17, which they ended up winning. So I was close to going all the way, but the Jets deprived me. But it was, yeah, it was a great run and it was a fun survivor pool this year. Yeah, I got knocked out of course, by the Jets in week 15 because I thought that there was no way that the L.A. Rams were going to lo- lose to the Jets. Um, so, so that was a shocker. So one um, of our big uh, Washington football team fan, uh, Mike, won. He, made, he was perfect through uh, 16 weeks, and, um, and he nailed it. So uh, his prize is on the way. Um, and for our pickums, we had uh, we had a tie between um, Dakota, and we also had a, a tie with Mike. So Mike not only was the surprise winner, but he tied with Dakota for first place in the pickums. And Mr. Uh, Mr. Graves, uh, GG, was third place. It was very close. It came down to the final week. And of course, you beat me in the KNA Sports Picks podcaster bracket. Uh, once again, I finished towards last in our pickums, and um, and and you uh, you got the better of me this year. Yeah, I was surprised because I had been near the bottom, but I ended up having a strong finish and got to seventh, so I had some respectability. And for our all our listeners who aren't involved in the KNA Sports Picks uh, pickums. You can send us an email at KNA Picks, one word, KNA Picks at gmail.com. There's plenty of prizes, and uh, you know we're working with some of our sponsors to to even get uh, more trinkets uh, next year. So um, let's let's get in uh, great pick'em year. Let's get into um, what we love doing best is is the picks, and um, we got the. The wild card uh, weekend, but before we get to the wild card uh, weekend, um, 
there was a controversy between what the Washington football team and the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, as Herm says, you play to win the game, but uh, a lot of people think Philadelphia did not. What was your take on um, that game? I don't really buy it because, you know, the Eagles, if they had won, that would have meant the Giants got in the playoffs. Um, so I don't think, I don't think, I mean, the Giants and the Washington are both bitter rivals. I think they could care less who won the NFC East. They probably just hated, just hated them both. So I think they played like it was just a, a um, just a, a game. Um, I mean, I think they, they've been banged up by injuries. It's week 17. I mean, I do think there's some human psychology, you know, week 17 game where there's nothing on the line. You know, maybe you don't go as hard as some tackles. Maybe you're not as honed in. But I don't think there's any deliberate sabotage. Yeah, not one of the players. I mean, the players were, as Herm says, playing to win the game. But I thought it was very shaky for them to put in that third string uh, Sudfeld, um, may, um, their third string QB, and he was just he was he was horrible. I mean, once they once they took Jalen Hurts after the game. Philadelphia had no chance. Plus, Philadelphia, uh, Doug Peterson eschewed going for for the tying field goal than going for it on fourth down. So I, I don't know if if he was coaching to for better draft pick, getting cute or whatever. But I'll tell you, if I was a Giant fan, I sure would be pissed off. But it did save us. So I think it would have been pretty embarrassing from having a six and ten team make the playoffs. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Our beloved Seahawks were seven and nine, and Carolina was seven, eight, and one years ago. Six and ten—I don't know that. <laughs> Six and ten—that's terrible. But fortunately for the playoffs, we don't have—we don't have six and ten teams. I mean, the worst we have is the Bears at at eight and eight. Well, we have uh, Washington. That's true. Seven. And nine. We, we have Washington seven to nine. Um, but at least you're right. We don't have a six, six and ten team. So maybe we can redeem ourselves with our 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 playoff picks. So let's go. Yes. Let's go through the wild card card round. So let's uh, we'll start in the AFC. You have the seventh seed uh, uh, Colts, Indianapolis Colts traveling to uh, Buffalo. And Buffalo's on fire. Who do you have in in that game? This will be easy. Uh, Buffalo Bills win. Um, I don't think the Colts are going to get completely blown out of the water, but I don't think this one's going to really ever, ever be in doubt. I think the Bills win by, I might say they might even win by at least two touchdowns. Their offense is just on fire. I think they're on a mission, and I think this one's going to be over pretty early on. Yeah, I agree. I do like the Colts. I think. You know they have a good roster, um, but the Bills, the Bills, um, I would I would say they're the second best team in the AFC, and they have a legitimate shot against Kansas City. So I, I don't I don't see a way that the the Colts Colts win that game. Um, so the the other other matchup we have the Steelers, the third third rated Steelers who are kind of limping along at the end of the season versus the Cleveland Browns, who their coach 
multiple coaches uh, are, have COVID or COVID tracing or whatever whatever they're doing these days. And um, the Steelers have some COVID issues too. They do. They do. So you have oh. a couple players with COVID on on the Steelers, but you have the Browns with uh, their head coach. Yeah, this one's a little hard. Um, I think both teams just have had some weird. Both teams have had. I think both teams have shown signs of brilliance this year of being really great football teams. And then both down the final stretch, the five or six games have also had some games where they just look flat out bad. Um, so it's hard to pick. I've got to give the edge to the Steelers in a very close game. Um, I still think despite their struggles, they have a talented roster. Um, they have a little more experience, you know, the Browns first playoff game in almost 20 years. I think there might be some jitters. Um, a lot of players for Mayfield, you know, it's his first playoff game. Um, so I think there's going to be some jitters. I think the Steelers pull out a close one, but I think in the long run, the Browns are on a better trajectory than the Steelers, but the Steelers get the best of them this time. Yeah. When it comes down to it, um, I trust the Steelers' defense, and I trust Ben over over Mayfield. I think it's going to be a close, close game. But uh, I don't see the Steelers losing in Heinz Field um, with with Big Ben. Yeah. Uh, I saw the. Yeah, go ahead. No, you can go ahead. Oh, I was. Uh, I don't think. I think the Steelers will win one playoff game. I don't. I don't see them making a making a big run. I agree. I was going to say this next matchup. The next matchup, yes, yes. So, so this is – this. Have? oh, who do I have? I have the Ravens. I think the Ravens are hot. I think they're ticked off that last year the Titans came and punched them in the mouth. I think this is going to be the most physical, hard-fought game of wildcard weekend. And I, I am going with the Ravens. I think uh, Lamar Jackson will make enough plays. Uh, I, I love the Ravens' defense. Um, and Titans' defense has been a little, little bit shaky. Um, I think the Ravens will shut down their offense just enough to, um, to get the victory. Yeah, I'm going to go with the uh, Ravens, too. Um, I think... The Titans, one, I think this could be a game where the last team with the ball wins. Um, I think it's going to be close and could come down to the last uh, possession. But the Titans' defense has looked very, very shaky. I mean, they gave up a lot of points to some not-so-great teams. I mean, I think they gave up like 38 points last week to the Texans. Um, I really don't trust their defense right now. I think the uh, Jackson, they're going to score a lot of points. I wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens scored more than uh, 40 points. Um, I just think, and the Titans have a lot of offensive uh, weapons too, but I think it's going to be hard for them to uh, keep up. I think the Ravens, they had a really tough middle of, of, of the uh, year with some uh, COVID um, issues, but they've come back strong. They won their last five or six. They just look like an aggressive, tough, football team and I would watch out for them because they could be if they win this week I would I might be tempted to pick them in a divisional round upset next week I think they're a very talented team and I would not want to be facing them no nope. Ravens and Harbaugh are always stellar in the playoffs well, let's go to the uh, NFC and uh, we have the 
we have Mitch Trubisky, and what a mess for the Bears. Um, facing, going to New Orleans and facing the second uh, second seed, the New Orleans Saints. Do you see any way that Mitchell Trubisky and the Bears can pull it out? I do not. The Saints, despite their record, I'm not completely enamored by the Saints. I'm not Drew Brees. I, he's getting up there. I'm not quite sure if they have another run in them. I think there have been parts of the year where they've looked a little shaky. But all that being said, I don't think there's any way they're losing to the Bears at home. Um, just not going to. I mean, they're, they're too well coached. Drew Brees is too kind of repetitive. Um, no, so I don't see a way. I'm sorry, Bears fans. Yeah, and we saw Mitchell Trubisky against a good defense in the Packers last week, and we saw how that worked out. I mean, he's had a, he had a couple good good games, but that's kind of like fool's gold. Um, I don't know what the Bears are gonna gonna do. You know, they're eight and eight. Um, Mitchell Trubisky is fine. I mean, he's not terrible, but he, you know, with that defense, um, you know, if they had an elite franchise quarterback. They, they, they could be one of the, the top teams in the NFC. There is no way. I, I would love to pick the Bears because I'd like to see the Seahawks host, hosting the divisional round at Lumen Field, but that's not going to happen. So, yeah, of course. Um, let's go to a more competitive game. The uh, six-seed Rams will be playing the Seahawks. This is their third meeting of the year. They split the first two. Um. If you want to provide your Hawks oh yes first. yes I will provide the Hawks the Hawks are going to win though you know I'm a little nervous with um, the way the offense has been playing I mean uh, teams have been playing us you know too deep zone safety you know at the beginning of the year Russ was hot throwing the bomb teams figured it out and that darn it that Brian Schottenheimer and Pete Carroll have not adjusted. I mean, you know, we have little pa passes to to the uh, halfbacks on the side. Um you know, more Russell running out, some quick quick plays, um run the ball more, run the ball more. We got to get their their opposing safeties to come up in the box. That said, I have no confidence in the Rams and their quarterback situation. I think the last time that the, the last uh, couple weeks ago, the Seahawks have finally figured out the gimmicky Rams um, offense. So I see this as a low-scoring game. I see, you know, you know, maybe the Seahawks are up 13-10 or maybe it's 13-13 going in the fourth. But I see, I see the Seahawks just and Russell Wilson just have the better offense. Um, we got. Uh, Brandon Shell, um, we got Micah Potty should be back. That's been that's been huge. Those two guys being out, um, Russell's struggled with protection. So I see the Seahawks pulling away in the fourth and winning winning by ten. Yeah, I think um, I think you're absolutely right. The Rams quarterback situation just seems like a mess, and it's hard for me to imagine them coming into Seattle. I wish it was a game with full fans because it would be a lot of fun. A Seattle home playoff game, but I still just have a hard time seeing them coming in. Um, I think it's going to be honestly probably a very similar game to week 16 um, where it's low scoring. I do agree with you, the Seahawks offense um, 
I just if they're going to go for a deeper run in the playoffs, they got to score more. Um, but I think as far as the Rams go, I fully expect their defense to be honed in. I fully expect them to hold the Rams to less than uh, 20 points. And I think Russ will do enough. He'll have two or three long uh, touchdown drives. And I think they'll ultimately end up, let's say I'll say like um, 27 to 17. Go Hawks. And the final game, um, which is a primetime game because it's Tom Brady, of course. It, this is an interesting game. Um, this is the, the Bucks against the Washington football team. Yeah, it is an interesting game. Um, you know, the Washington football team, they're, they've been all over the map this year. Um, they definitely have some really great, talented players, and I think they're headed in the right direction. But Tom Brady and the Bucks have looked good these past few few weeks. It seems like the offense has gelled. It seems like they have a lot of firepower. Um, I think they're hot right now, and I think Brady in the playoffs. I'm not going to bet a against him. Um, I say the Bucks win this one and put up a fair amount of points. I really, really, because we've gone all favorites. I really, 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 really want to pick Washington football team for a number of reasons. I don't like Bruce Arians, uh, you know, he and the Pete Carroll, a lot of controversy. Um, Tom Brady's won so much. Um, so I'm going to think about it for a second, and I'll, I'll talk through the game, and I'll, I'll make a decision. The one thing... You know, when, when Brady has lost in the playoffs, whether it was to the Ravens or the Giants, it's when a team has a stout defensive line and they don't have to blitz because Brady will destroy a blitz. But they rush, they, they pass rush with four. You, you can get pressure with four defensive linemen. The one team in the National Football League that can, that can do that consistently is the Washington football team. They have, you know... Them, the Rams may be second, Aaron Donald's a beast, but I think the Washington football team has the best offensive line. So I, I think that they will be able to put pressure on Brady and you know drop seven in coverage. Having said that, I think that they'll contain Tampa Bay's offense. I just don't see Washington scoring enough, enough points. So as much as it hurts me, I will I will say that the Bucks win like twenty to ten. Um, you know, I I can't I can't see the the one way the Washington football team can win is is through the turnovers because they're not going to be able to generate and, and you know multiple points. But um, yeah, hate to, hate to, but. I guess I'll have to go chalk and go with the Bucks, but I do think it will be a very competitive game. I like it. So, yeah, that's that's exciting. Um, so we have we have uh, quite a bit of listener listener questions. So um, let's dive let's dive into some really stellar listener questions this week. Okay. Folks, our first listener question is from Glenn Graves. And um, for this question, we have our co-champion in the KNA Sports Picks podcast, Pickums, Dakota, to answer this question. Um, Gigi 
Glenn wants to know, has Dakota always known more football than Glenn and Tanner, the famous KNA Sports Pick podcasters, or Dakota, are you a quick study? Uh, I don't think I'm either. <laughs> I I don't think I've know I don't I know I don't know any more about football than than GK or TK, but maybe that's my strength is that I don't overthink my picks. Uh, I had a lot of football on growing up. My dad always watched football. So if I absorbed anything through osmosis, maybe I can credit that. But I know very little about the teams and who's injured. Um, I just, I guess I got kind of lucky, just kind of consistent with some of the favorites. And yeah, I guess that'd be my biggest piece of advice is not to overthink it. You had an excellent season. And I think Tanner and I owe you an apology because we helped get you eliminated in week one of the survivor pool after listening to our podcast and us pontificating on how Jacksonville was tanking. They, you picked Jacksonville week one in the survivor pool and they promptly beat the Colts for their only victory. Yeah. Yeah, that happened. And, uh, I think CK pointed out, maybe we shouldn't put all our eggs in one basket. You should form your own opinion. So I guess I, I did that the rest of the season, and it worked out. So listeners, you know, choose your own picks and don't overthink it. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Dakota. Appreciate it. Okay, so um, TK, Glenn has a couple other questions. Uh, he wants to know, who and what position will the Cowboys target uh, in the upcoming draft? Yeah, so that's an interesting question, Glenn. Um, the, so from what I've seen, they're at a bit of a tough spot. Well, of course, there's the whole, I think there was some talk, will they draft a quarterback, the whole Dak situation. They're, but that was more when I think they were around the fourth or fifth pick. Um, they're at the 10th pick now, and I'm not quite sure if there's any can't-miss quarterbacks that are going to be available in that round. Um, I think that they really need some help on defense, specifically in pass coverage, and there are a few, two or three good cornerback options, so a cornerback would not surprise me. I've also heard if it's not a cornerback, there's some good offensive uh, tackles that will be available around there too and they could use some reinforcement there um, so i would say they're going to not have a very flashy pick get a solid cornerback or an offensive um, uh, lineman unless jerry jones of course has one of his crazy draft day moves and decides to trade up for a quarterback or some jerry craziness yeah i think the Cowboys, you you hit on it. I mean, they could they could use some offensive line help. Um, they're but they're loaded at skill position. Yeah, I definitely see them going cornerback. Um, you know, I watched the Seahawks tor torch them up, um, and it was obvious to me. I know that there were some injuries, but they they need some help in the secondary. And there's a lot of people that are projecting that um, Patrick Sertain. Uh, cornerback from Alabama should be available with the 10th pick. So um, I, I agree. I think they'll go cornerback like Sertain, or if he's not available, they'll, they'll 
maybe go with uh, a lineman. Um, so Glenn also, um, big Longhorn um, fan supporter. Um, we'll have to get him on the show to uh, talk, you know, talk Longhorn football. But he wants to know um, if you haven't heard, uh, listeners. Herman is out as the coach, and uh, Steve Sarkeesian is in offensive coordinator for Alabama. He is the um, new Longhorn coach. So Glenn wants to know um, what our what our thoughts are, and I think it was it was really uh, it was unexpected as far as I was concerned. I mean, I I, I thought that they were going to give Herman. A longer, a longer look. I don't know if you know A and M. The success of A and M and Baylor played into um, the quick trigger. Um, I wasn't impressed with Sarkeesian. You know he, uh, the scandal at USC with his drinking and everything. And, and Nick Saban has a way to uh, resurrect um, wayward coaches. Uh, there's rumors that uh, Adam Gase may may hook on the Alabama staff. Um I I don't I don't see it working out. Now he's supposed to be a quarterback whisperer, um, which Longhorns have struggled quarterback wise. Um but it's interesting that Sam um the quarterback Ellinger um declared for the draft um and didn't stick around to get help. So those are my thoughts. I I I just I don't get it. So I have two thoughts. Um, the one is I do think in a vacuum, um, you know, not considering the Herman side, it's not a bad hire. Um, I do think he's done a good job with the offenses where he's been at. And I also think, to quote Jimmy uh, Carter, there's just been kind of this malaise <laughs> settled over the UT uh, program i don't know what it is but ever since i can tell you the exact time um they they were playing alabama in the national championship game in like january of 2009 and colt mccoy goes down and like the third or fourth play of the game and ever since then the program has just not been the same it's just been i mean every year they'll have a top 10 re they'll get five star re uh, recruits they'll do all the right things and it just there's just this culture i think that's there um and i think their their past two hires charlie strong and herman were both kind of up and uh coming um who had kind of coached these smaller schools to punch a above their weight i think charlie strong was south florida uh, right. herman was uh houston i mean they seem just very excited to be there and i think they kind of kind of like caught up in the Longhorn mystique. So I like that they hired someone from Alabama who's a uh, winner. You know, he's been to the big games, he's won, and I don't think he's going to get, you know, he's been at Alabama, the biggest college football program in the world. So I don't think he's going to get all caught up in the UT hype. I think he's someone who can come in there and is a, a winner who can try to reinstall some strength in the program and not be all like oh the history of the longhorns you know and just really kind of re re-give some toughness and some uh winning uh to the uh to the uh team 
that being said, I feel bad for Herman um, because I, I don't know. I think he, I, I kind of disagree that they didn't extend his contract. I thought that he had done a good job for those four years. He had won every bowl game that he had been in. Um, he had one season where they won the Sugar Bowl, were in the Big 12 uh, championship, um, won the uh, Alamo Bowl twice. I know in UT, you know, it's national championship or bust each year, but I thought he had done a good job and was building the program in the right direction. It seemed like he had a good relationship with the players. They all said they wanted him to uh, stay. Um, so, you know, if maybe you, you if maybe UT had a coaching uh, vacancy, I would say this is a pretty good uh, hire, but it left a bad taste in my mouth that they let go a coach who I thought had done a pretty good job over these past four years. Just seemed a little hasty and all about the, um, I don't know, just kind of left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, I agree. I, I would have given him another year, um, but Longhorns are always interesting. Hey, at least you got basketball. You yes. know, Longhorns are, Longhorns are playing well. Um, uh, Gigi had one more question. And, um, um, I, you know, I love the rivalry that our, our cowboy, cowboy listeners and our Houston Texan listeners have because as someone that grew up in the East Coast, I was used to bitter rivalries between New York and Boston, New York and Philadelphia or whatever. Um, so I didn't think that you had that in the Southwest. So I love the rivalries, but I digress. He said, he asked, would Ed win the league if he didn't always pick the Houston Texans to win each week? Well, what is the Texans record this year? Is it four and 12? So he, so he would have gained, he would have <laughs> had quite a gain if he had, a not picked them, um, Look at. I'm sorry to say the Texans. I didn't think they would be as bad as they were this year. Um, I actually picked them to win the, the AFC South. Yeah, um, I still think. I still am not entirely pessimistic on them, because I think they have a good. Uh, they have a good uh, QB, which in this league is half is half of the uh, battle, and I think because they have such a good. QB and Watson that they're going to be able to land a good head coach. Yeah, I think we'll be getting into that in a, a bit. But I would say, I think Ed. Yes, I think he would be farther up the uh, standings if he. But I, I, I think we're the same way with the Seahawks. I pick I like the Seahawks every. Team. I pick the Seahawks every week. Um, so I completely understand. Um, unfortunately, Ed is uh, a fan of the Texans, but I do agree that with Deshaun Watson, they have some talent. Um, it's an attractive, um, it's an attractive coaching, coaching place. And I do expect, I do expect them to be, be quite good next year. So Ed, just keep picking, just keep picking the Texans. Uh, one of these years you're, you're going to strike it rich with the Texans. Um, and we got uh, uh, Stu, longtime fan of the show, and our resident baseball and particularly St. Cardinal um, expert. And I'm surprised it wasn't a Cardinal question or Southampton State question. But he wants to know, uh, Jerry Jones, 
yesterday said that Dak Prescott has the leverage in the negotiation with with uh, the contract talks. Um, do we think that that means that the Cowboys and Dak will come to a long-term agreement, or or do we see um, the Cowboys franchising Dak for a year? I think they're going to come to a long-term agreement. I think Jerry wants to win now, and I think he thinks the Cowboys have the tools to win now. Um, I just can't see anyone besides Lawrence on the draft board that you could say, yeah, I'm, you know, we're going to instead draft a quarterback. And, you know, maybe, maybe you hope in three or four years he'll be as good as Dak is now. Um, I think there's just really no other surefire solution than to pay Dak. Um, it's going to be a lot of money. You could maybe argue it could be more money than he's worth. But look, I think he's a good uh, quarterback. And as I said, with the Texans, it's the same thing. You just to compete in this league, as Bears fans know, you need a good uh, quarterback. And Dak is, I think, their fastest way to get there. I agree. Uh, the franchise tag, if they franchise them, it would be about $37 million. The Cowboys don't want to do that. I think, I think they need to pay him, you know, whether it's a, a four-year contract, a five-year contract, it's debatable. But they've, they've proven that they can win with Dak. They can, they can, and particularly the NFC East is not a very strong, strong division. And, you know, there's quarterback problems every team. Dak, a healthy Dak, the Cowboys have the advantage in the division because he's by far the best quarterback in the division. By by far, I think. Um, yeah, is he a top five quarterback? Maybe not, but I think he he you know top ten maybe. Uh, yeah. I think you've got to you've got to sign him and you shore up the defense. Yeah, I mean, I think I don't know if it will work out this way, but I think in a vacuum. Dak is a good enough quarterback to win a, a Super Bowl. I think there have been quarterbacks worse than him that have won one. Joe Flacco. <laughs> Trent Dilfer. Um, so, yes, I think he's the Cowboys uh, route, and I think they will. I just think this is drama, but I think they'll settle it. I think he probably wants to be the um, – he wants to be with the uh, with them. The boys won – want him they're going to pay him an obscene amount but they'll work it out so uh we had a couple questions um from pete the barefoot bradger our green bay packer uh er anything wisconsin university of wisconsin expert um he wants to know he's curious about the detroit lions and can the detroit lions be fixed and uh will they bring back matt Miller? Well, Bears fans would love if we brought back Bears and Packers fans. Would. I don't think they will, but I, I'm sure that, uh, that Bears Yeah, you could, you could have Matt Millen as a GM and Adam Gase as your coach. <laughs> you know, the Lions, I think of them in a similar way as I think, as I was talking about the Longhorns, you know, the Longhorns have had this malaise over the program for 10 or 12 years. The Lions have had a, and the, the and this is the same with the Jets too. There's just been this 40 or 50 malaise where it just seems like there's this culture that's embedded 
in the team of not winning. And I don't know what that is. I don't know why that's there, but it just seems like there's some sort of team culture where they're struggling to get to the next, um, to the next spot. So I don't know if they're fixable. Yeah. Um, And what concerns me is that the lions have decided that they were going to hire, um, they were going to use a committee to uh, do lead the search for um, their coach and general manager, and it does, it just never seems like these these commit these committees work out. It, it's best if you know they they reach out to people they know in, in the National Football League, hire a GM or president of football operations, and, and let them do the interviewing and hiring. So. I mean, I don't, I don't have much, much faith. Um, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know with Matthew Stafford how many more years he has. Um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really down on the Detroit Lions. Um, Pete's other question: Do we think that Urban Meyer and Jim Harbaugh belong in the, in the NFL? That's a great question. Um, I'll start with Meyer. Um, so I, I don't know. It's so hard to say because part of, I think what made him such a great coach at Ohio state is he was a great recruiter. He was a great kind of almost, he was the sort of the GM of, and I think that's one of the big differences where, you know, the college coach sort of serves as the GM and the head coach. Um, the NFL coach, you know, is working with a GM. I mean, Meyer just seems like he has a pretty big kind of ego to where I think he, wherever he went, he would want full control or at least a lot of say in the, um, in the uh, personnel. Um, so I don't know. I feel like I've seen coaches like Pete Carroll come to the NFL and do really well, but I mean, there are also stories like uh, Saban. So I'm torn. Um, if it's the right team and if he was given the autonomy then i think he could do well but i could also be a situation where he doesn't do as well i don't know what you think yeah so i worry about meyer's been been out of uh, coaching for a few years so i I worry about can he build a staff because if he's going to go he's going to go anywhere he he's it's reported i don't know how factual it is it's reported that he's looking for 12 a salary of 12 million dollars which would Put him on par with Bill Belichick, and I think the only place that that would offer them that is is the the Jaguars, uh, because the Jaguars, um, you know, he co- he coached Florida, coached them to national championships, so he's still very popular there. Jacksonville needs to sell tickets. If I was Jacksonville, I would go maybe with a young offensive mind, an innovative coach to pair him with Trevor Lawrence. Um, that's what I would do. Um, the key, and I, and I do, I do expect Urban Meyer to be the coach of Jacksonville. I think it's, it's just too tempting for Jacksonville to sell their tickets. The question is, can Urban Meyer build a good staff and get a good offensive coordinator to, um, to, uh, develop Trevor Lawrence? Um, Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, I think he'd be great. I actually think so too because he's done. He's been an NFL head coach before. Yeah. 
Um, and he did well. I thought he did Yeah, really look what well. he did with Alex Smith. I mean, Alex Smith yeah. was a uh, 49er coach for, I don't know if it was five or six years. Everyone thought he was a bust. And he came in there, built up the offensive line, get him some weapons, um, you know, streamlined the plays. And he also, um, you know, developed Colin Ka- Kaepernick. So I think he would be a good fit somewhere. And I think, yeah, I, I think um, Michigan, I don't know, Michigan's just a hard place to coach. I mean, the fans have such high expectations. You're competing with um, some really good teams in the Big Ten. I know it didn't turn out the way that they uh, wanted it there, but he had a, a few good years, and I still think that he's a good coach. And I almost think he might do better in the NFL um, where, you know, this professional, I think this college, because he has such like kind of a big personality. I think in the NFL, he can just maybe be a little more himself and doesn't have to worry about the personnel side as much. So I think he could do well. I'd like to see him come back. Yeah, I don't know which of the um, the openings would be would be attractive to him. Um, you know, Houston could be could be uh, one to look at if they don't go with Eric Bieniemy. Um, you know, because Houston, even Detroit, Detroit, the Jets, these are teams that need someone to come in there, a real leader to build a culture. So I think he, I think he would be a tremendous hire. Now, whether he wants to deal with the pressure of the coach in, in the NFL media, um, but is the NFL media any worse than, than like the alumni at Texas or the alumni at Michigan? So I don't know. So uh, Pete has one more question. And I think I'll I'll take this question because Dan Deardorff was a little ahead of your time. But Pete wants to know, uh, could Dan Deardorff improve Monday Night Football? So I think he's implying that the quality of Monday Night Football is not as good as it as it was in 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 the past. Um, uh, Dan Deardorff was excellent. He was one of my favorites in Monday Night Football. Of course, um, I grew up as a kid with. The class with um, Dandy Don Meredith and Howard Cosell, and that was a lot of fun. But then when Don Meredith left, they kind of jumped the shark. Joe Namath, O.J. Simpson, um, Dennis Miller were a couple of the uh, a couple of the Monday Night Football announcers, and it got it got really bad. Um, I think, but Dan Deerup was uh, excellent. I don't know what he what he's doing, but um, is there anyone? Um, that you would like to see in the Monday Night Football booth? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think uh, Romo's done a good job, but he seems to be doing well at uh, CBS. I don't know if he'd want to leave there. I know Drew Brees. Um, it seems like they're, they're, you know, I would almost say there's been, a, I think, a really push lately for these players, these former players to go into the booth and sometimes it works well but sometimes you have the jason widdens too who struggles so i'd almost rather see someone you know who maybe has been a sports radio and tv broad uh caster for the past 20 or uh years and knows it well um i think there's just been too much of a, of a trend where it seems like every semi-charismatic football player gets a huge contract and i I would almost rather see some guy who worked his way up and um, has been doing it for a, a long time. Yeah, and, you know, there's so much football on TV that, I, you know, I wonder if, do we need a Monday Night Football? 
Yeah. You know, it's uh, to me the big game is the the big you know the late late Sunday game is usually the best matchup and it's usually yeah. the, the the best played game. Um, you know, we're having Monday night, Tuesday, and with COVID, we had some Tuesday, Friday, we had games every Thursday. Thursday. So I don't, you know, I don't know. I, I'd like to see someone that, that with a good sense of humor. I don't yeah. know. I don't know who that, that would be. Um, Danny, uh, Don Meredith and Howard Cosell were the perfect team because you had this pompous um, jerk and you had this, <laughs> this funny singing cowboy. Um, so I don't know. I have to. I have to think about it. But yeah, I wish Dan Deardorff was was back. So we got one more question. All right. And this one is from a big listener up in the North Pole, Santa Claus. And uh, Santa Santa wants to know. He's like, look, guys. Um, you know, with COVID, I'm gonna have to get all my um, employees, my reindeers. I uh, need to get them vac vaccinated, um, but I want you. I, I don't know how to approach the conversation with the reindeers. Of all my reindeers, which one do you think it would be the most likely to be an anti-vaxer? You want me? And if you want, I could take take uh, first crack at it. Well, I had a thought, but I'll let you go first. Well, my my thought is uh, Rudolph. Um, and it, it might surprise some people. Everyone thinks Rudolph is is happy-go-lucky, but I mean he's he's very much of a of a me individualistic person, and and I don't, you know, with his with his red nose, um, I think he might not have even wanted to wear wear the mask because he wanted he wanted to guide that sleigh, um, but I think I think he would. He would be someone, you know, that he reads his own press clippings. Um, you know, I think that he Santa might have the most most trouble with getting him vaccinated. Well, I like that. I like that thought. Um, I, I do like the point with the mask. Clearly, my man wants his mask to cover his red nose. I hadn't thought about that. Um, I would say my thought was Comet. I thought just kind of Comet's name made me think that maybe Comet is a little uh, hippie-ish. <laughs> maybe Comet's kind of like a vegan or he's very into like crystals or the energy right. healing. And maybe Comet would be kind of against some of like the big pharma vaccine. So I'll say Comet. Well, Santa, there, there you have it. Uh, we, we recommend that you, you first sit down with, with Rudolph and, and Comet and you know, give the literature on the on the vaccine because I think it, it's important. Um, you know, to keep keep your reindeer healthy for um, next season. So uh, that's all the listener questions we had. Any uh, final thought you had going into the wild card weekend or sports in general? Well, my prediction. I, this goes against my picks, but I think we picked all chalk. All chalk. All for all six oh games, yeah, we didn't. Me. Oh, we didn't get into. Uh, I, th I think. Uh, I think it was. I I missed this question. Before we sign off, he he wanted to know who who we're picking um, to win the NFC and win the Super Bowl. 
Um, I'm going to say the Seahawks over the Bills. I think the Bills upset the Chiefs in a shocking game. I think they're hot. Um, and then it's going to be a really fun Super Bowl of one of the best offenses in the league versus one of the best defenses in the league. But the Seahawks are going to get a couple of key sacks late and they will emerge victorious over the Buffalo Bills, which will be heartbreaking, you know, the fifth Super Bowl loss for the Bills, but it would be a lot of fun for the Seahawks. I like it. I like it. I, I, I see the the uh, Bills losing, losing, though, to the Chiefs in the AFC Championship. Um, you know, playing at Arrowhead, it's, it's, it's a tough, tough ask. I think the Bills are close. I think maybe there might be a year away. Um, but I, I like I like the Chiefs at home with a well rested. They're going to have a week off. Um, the Colts' game is not going to be easy. Then likely the Bills will play the Steelers, another physical team. Um, where, but uh, the Chiefs will have a tough tough game against against the Ravens to get to the AFC Championship. But I do like the Chiefs in the NFC. You know I think. Uh, it's it's tough. I, I do see uh, Packers Seahawks a rematch from last year year's playoff, and um, I will I will use the Ed method and I will pick the Seahawks, uh, even though I have a sneaking suspicion that that um, Aaron Rodgers is going to get his second Super Bowl trophy, but I can't I can't pick against the Seahawks. So I will say that the Seahawks Seahawks beat. Aaron Rodgers, and that they would beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Like That's who I picked at the beginning of the year. I, that was my preseason pick. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the Seahawks over the um, Chiefs. And you know, since we picked all the six, um, the the six chalk and week and this week that there's gonna be some upset. There's gonna be a upset. The Bucks will upset Washington football team, and I'll. I'll be kicking myself for not picking the Washington football team. Well, Tanner, it's been a pleasure as always. Yes, it's been fun. Let's let's enjoy the most fun time of the NFL year. Go Hawks. Talk to you later. Bye.